Let's take off. Bongani and Nala on Radio 2000. Good morning, good morning, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Dume, so I, th- I think maybe let's start with fuel, right? Um, what actually caused this fuel increase? So, so the, the fuel story has been quite a fascinating one, particularly because um, even prior to this fuel increase that we recorded, you remember that during the lockdown, um, the price of brand crude oil in particular, and also the strength of the rand, are the key things that influence ultimately the price of fuel that you and I pay on the pump. And during the, the, the lockdown period, when there wasn't a great demand for fuel, we saw the price of brand crude oil going below, uh, the, the going to around $30 per barrel, yeah. which is oftentimes the per barrel of crude oil during that time is around $80 or $60 per barrel. And it, in certain instances, um, oil-producing countries were, in essence, paying us to be able to buy a few apps to buy a brand crude oil from them. But now we've since reached a situation where the price of brand crude oil has exceeded around $120 per barrel. And, of course, at the same time, we've seen some relative weakening of the South African rand to versus the dollar. And as a consequence, that has also influenced uh, the ultimate price of uh, petrol that you and I are paying for the pump. But one of the key things that have uh, exacerbated the, the increase in the price of petrol is what has taken place uh, between the Ukraine and Russia conflict, particularly because... Russia is one of the biggest producers of brand crude oil in the world and has therefore created a, a, a supply shortage, which has then also influenced the increase yeah. in terms of the uh, price of brand crude oil. Because when there's a significant demand, that also has a, uh, um, an, an effect in terms of an increase in the price of the commodity that is being sold. Look, as consumers, obviously, we hate paying taxes. Um but for the country to function, we have to. So speak to mm-hmm. me about the 150 relief uh, on fuel levy, which came to an end. Uh, and obviously, people are asking for an extension. Can the actual country afford it? So when, when you and I pay for a liter of petrol as South Africans, we're paying, number one, for the actual cost of the fuel itself. We're also paying for the transportation of that fuel from uh, the Durban uh, port to inland. We're also paying for the for the profit margins of the garages that are, are producing that um, uh, that that, uh, the, uh, that uh, petrol. We're also paying for the uh, what is called administered taxes from the South African government, which relates to the South African roads funds and also the fuel, what is also known as the fuel levy which are important inputs in terms of revenue collection for the South African government. And now, because of the significant uptick in terms of fuel prices, which you've seen now, um, uh, basically, in essence, if without the reduction that we've, um, or the relief that we've seen from National Treasury, fuel would have gone up to almost eight rand in a period of less than six months, um, that would have been quite a significant shock to South African consumers, and it would have exacerbated the price of goods and services that you and I purchase. And now National Treasury has intervened to sort of mitigate against that particular effect. On the question of whether or not South Africa can afford it, um, in the budget, Every year, the National Treasury and the Minister of Finance accommodate for what is called contingent liabilities in the budget. And over the years, what is referred to as contingent liabilities is there to actually, in essence, 
take care of unforeseen instances such as what we've seen now in terms of accelerated pace of um, uh, the price of fuel at the pump, but also what we've also seen in terms of the damages um, in KwaZulu-Natal as a result of the flood in order to accommodate those infrastructure um, re-enhancements, as it were. And so where um, the, this relief or the extended reduction in 150 in terms of uh, the fuel levy, it's actually coming from that uh, item of contingent liabilities, which is already budgeted for as per the budget. Yeah. You spoke about the exchange rate, and we're looking at what's happening in the Western world right now, where they are feeling the pinch themselves. And with the expected fuel prices and oil prices continuing to rise, what can we look forward to as South Africans, you know, and and how can we help ourselves? Because I know there's a possible downgrade now that this is happening. What else are we expecting? Well, I, th- I think one one of the um, unfortunate instances about 2022 is that the world over is facing is facing what is called an acceleration of inflation, and it's particularly um, informed by what has been happening with the price of fuel. Um, and in particular, I think what South Africans and you and I can do as consumers is, of course, um, have, be more prudent in terms of our own finances, because uh, for so long as um, the this present conflict is taking place between Russia and Ukraine, we we are likely to see um, a further uh, further pressure in terms of the price of fuel that you and I are paying for. But secondly, I think um, it perhaps might be wiser to certainly reflect in terms of what it looks like to continue working from home in certain instances, particularly for consumers who travel long distances to go to the office um, and perhaps provide that kind of relief mm-hmm. um, so as to ensure that the household income that consumers do receive, um, a significant portion of it does not necessarily go towards uh, traveling to and from work. That might also provide um, some level of relief. But I also think, thirdly, um, managing the levels of um, credit extensions that households have. So if you have a credit card or you were thinking about getting a loan, um, uh, I, I would advise that you start rethinking that particular endeavor because interest rates are also going to, uh, are starting to normalize yeah. as well as a fight uh, um, back towards the mm. accelerated mm. pace of inflation that we're seeing both in the South African context, but also globally. And in the South African context, it's all the more important because the forecasted uh, GDP growth is around 1.7%, which is not uh, that great, particularly in this environment. Domiso, do you think, would would deregulating petrol help um, in terms of maybe making prices more competitive? I'm assuming it could save you like, what, two rand maybe? Indeed. So the, the South African context of the deregulation of, of petrol, I think, uh, at a material level for consumers, of course, it would certainly help because um, you, you're, you're, in essence, subtracting uh, just over two rand in terms of the price uh, of petrol that consumers are paying for per litre. Um, the, the consequences for that would be a reduction in terms of revenue uh, for the South African um, economy and for the South African government. The question that is then left behind is where would the replacement of that um, uh, foregone uh, revenue come from? And you and I know it very well that the Slavkin economy... Yeah? No, I, I'm laughing at what you're saying because I was literally just about to say I know that part of the levy obviously goes towards subsidizing the road accident fund you know uh, but we all know that the road accident fund is mismanaged and and there's corruption there so there's actually no winning this 
It's a, and although, though, there, there are a number of stakeholders that are putting forward proposals, now the question then becomes looking at those proposals and seeing what the, the feasibility of some of the proposals might be in relation to replacement of um, those revenues. But this conversation would be a different conversation if we were talking about a South African economy that is growing in excess of 3%, because it therefore means that other uh, tax or administered tax items would actually cover the present revenue generated, for instance, for, uh, if we're looking at um, the, the fuel levy in this particular instance. Yeah. However, we're in an environment whereby it's a low-growth environment that needs to be reignited, and so it makes it very difficult in terms of revenue options for the South African uh, fiscus. So, Ndumiso, cryptocurrencies are starting to be recognized as official currencies in some countries. If a South Af- as a South African and I want to invest in the metaverse and, and in cryptocurrency, is that a wise move at this time? And where should I be looking? So, in terms of cryptocurrency, South Africa's position, South Africa particularly has um, a, a white paper in relation to uh, blockchain technologies and cryptocurrency. We've also seen the South African Reserve Bank over the past five years conduct research in what they call Project COCA, um, in terms of what does it look like um, in having the integration of cryptocurrencies in the South African capital and financial markets, and what would the impact be in terms of the stabilization of South African um, um, financial sector, be it at a simple level as you and I being able to uh, perhaps transfer from one account to another mm-hmm. uh, using crypto in order to get South African rent, a simple system like that using the, nas- the national payment system. And that is ongoing research, and that is to say that the crypto market in the South African context is still quite nascent, meaning it's still quite at an early stage and it's not mature as yet. Um, and so for any South Africans perhaps who might be looking at cryptocurrency um, as an investment opportunity, if you were to look at your whole investment portfolio, if for instance you're looking at, uh, if you have uh, investing in different asset classes, being it in real estate or some equity, I know some, some folks use certain platforms in order to invest in, in company stocks and so on, it would be advisable not to be overly exposed to cryptocurrency, but to manage your exposure based on your risk appetite so that you're not significant or adversely affected in the event that the market um, um, crashes, for instance, like we've seen over the past months. It's always advisable in such nascent markets, uh, in nascent instances or early stage phases of such asset classes to manage that exposure um, 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 in order to ensure that you're not adversely affected, especially if um, um, the, the, the amount of capital that you invest in yeah. is indeed uh, uh, limited in that instance. So, so as, um, yes, yeah. you can go ahead, but please limit that exposure according to your appetite. And as you economists would say, go in early in the latency <laughs> stage, but you're saying manage it. Correct, okay. correct, correct. Go in early and also manage that exposure according to your appetite. Um, and also looking at, you know, when, when, when the economy performs in the manner in which it does, there are also certain asset classes that are indeed the go-to one as a safe haven, as it were, in yeah. order to protect your, your capital. And why this question that you're asking is so important around investing is because when you have instances where acceleration is, um, uh, when inflation is accelerating at the pace at which it does, it reduces the value of the currency that you and I have. And so looking at investment opportunities that give you a return that is higher than the rate of inflation 
is very important because it means that the money that you have is not significantly reduced tomorrow compared to what it is today. And so balancing your investment portfolio appropriately according to your appetite then enables you to do that, such as the mm. commodities, such as, you know, the gold and so on, which are typically safe havens when the world is facing what is a risky and uncertain environment. Um, and you would reduce perhaps on certain equities because that's when companies are most adversely affected in such an environment. So balancing it uh, um, effectively, again, according to what your appetite is, um, is indeed quite important. Lumiso, we're going to need to leave it there. Thank you so much for for chatting to us this morning. The Takeoff, live and exclusive to Radio 2000, 97.2 to 100 FM nationwide.